Hello, everybody. It is your host again, Nathan Rapaka, here back with the Slice Podcast. It is a beautiful Thursday morning here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, the weather has been beautiful out here in the Midwest. Really, really happy to have the weather back, the summer back. Um, it's really good. And for those people who are wondering, you can now get back on the court, start hitting again with this beautiful weather. Super exciting stuff going on um, for uh, uh, summer this summer in Milwaukee. Really excited to be in this good, good weather. Anyways, guys, I hope everyone's doing well. I hope everyone's staying safe out there. Um, I'm just happy to be back talking about the French Open, you know. So anyways, I've been gone for a while. I haven't really talked much about from round to round just because there hasn't been many um, super exciting matches. I mean, just a rundown of everything right now, you know. Rafael Nadal has pretty much been crushing everyone in the tournament. You know, it's been a story. He's been beating everyone relentlessly. Um, not surprised at the way he's playing here in Paris. Uh, you know, he is the GOAT when it comes to the French Open. This is the man who's only lost to two people in Paris. It's One of them was um, Novak Djokovic. The other one back in 2009 is Robin Soderling, um, who, who was the first guy to upset Rafa on the clay court in Paris. But other than that, you know, a couple of big, big, big um, stories from the Open. Obviously, the biggest one being Naomi Osaka's withdrawal from the French Open due to not talking to the media and her mental um, state. Unfortunately, she pulled out, which was really sad because, you know, she was really being pressured by the ATP Tour and the French Open uh, that she was going to get penalized or withdrawn. So she took things in her own hands and took off. Um, Another big story is Serena Williams and Roger Federer. Serena Williams ended up losing in a third round matchup um, in two sets, straight sets, which was obviously really sad because, you know, Serena just hasn't been looking herself lately and you could tell age is not on her side right now. So really sad to see Serena off. And obviously the biggest story, Roger Federer, um, there's been a lot of, um, controversy of his decision for withdrawing from the open a lot of people are pissed but a lot of people are also like defending like Federer hey man like he's old blah 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 so we're gonna get into what happened with Federer um, later in the podcast I'm not gonna talk about it early on just because um, I want to take some time to talk about the quarterfinal matchups we had at the French Open for the men's and the women's as well as um you know, talk about my predictions for the semifinals. So anyways, let's go all the way back, all the way back to Monday, June 7th for the men's. So for the fourth round matches, we had Nadal versus Sinner. So Nadal played the young up-and-comer 18-seed Yannick Sinner. It was 7-5, 6-3, 6-6 match, and Nadal just looked great. You know, um, the first set, it was very tough. Sinner really had him on the ropes. But Nadal found a way to come back and win that first set. And after that, just crushed him. This is kind of the story when you see Rafael Nadal matches on um, the French Open. Really, the French Open. I I was going to say all clay uh, tournaments, but really the French Open. It's weird. So Nadal actually is a very slow starter when it comes to in the French Open. He tends to get broken a lot early. But he tends to have these freaking monumental comebacks which is just ridiculous. You know, I still remember in 2011 when he played Federer in the final, 
That was the best final Federer and Nadal have played played at the French. Nadal came back every set. He was broken three out of the four sets. And he just wills himself. He's so good. Like, even though he is down and out in the French Open, he still finds the fifth gear to come back and win. That is how unstoppable he is to he is on the clay, in, in Paris at least. It's ridiculous. So Yannick Sinner just got blown out the water. So it all moved on to the quarters. After that, we saw Djokovic versus Musetti. This was a very, very weird match. I'll tell you that. Lorenzo Musetti, who was an unseeded player, great tournament to him. Really congratulate him for playing an amazing match and an amazing tournament. Just really sad the way it ended. So Lorenzo Musetti won the first two sets against Djokovic. And these were two tiebreakers. So it was 7-6-7-6. It looked like Musetti had controlled the match. But Djokovic really, really elevated his level. And when we talk about the greatest players of of all time, we talk about the superstars of the sport. We talk about Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic. And the reason we talk about them is because they know how to get into the fifth gear element, which is what I like to call. They know how to get into that fifth gear. And that's what Djokovic did after he lost those first two sets. Went for a bathroom break, came back, destroyed Musetti in the third set. There's no doubt in my mind Lorenzo Musetti was good here. And then he bageled him in the, the fourth set. And he ended up going up 4-0 until Musetti actually um, retired. He literally said, screw this. I can't take anymore. So I guess he was unfit towards the end of the match. But man, Djokovic's level just really hurt Musetti. And I think psychologically that messed him up. And that's what happens when you're a top, top player. You know how to come back from these two sets to love matches. And that's what happened. I just think experience was not on Musetti's side. And obviously, the next match we had was Diego Schwartzman. Um, shout out to my boy Mark Witzke, who is rolling with Schwartzman throughout his world. Like, unfortunately, Schwartzman lost in the next round. But we'll get to the quarterfinals. So Schwartzman won 7-6, 6-4, 7-5 in the fourth round against Struff. Very tough match. But Schwartzman has been very good this tournament. You know, not much to talk about there. Very tight sets. But he ended up getting the break in each set to win that match. And then finally, um, you know, we have the Berrettini Federer walkover, which I'll, I'm going to touch on that at the end of the podcast because I want to give time to the matches. So if we go to Tuesday, it set up the matches of matches for us. Um, so obviously, actually, let's go back to Sunday for the fourth round again. So Zverev played Nishikori, a Nishikori who was really rolling this tournament, made Nishikori look tor- uh, just normal. He beat him 6-4-6-1-6-1. Um, one of the big talks about the tournament has been Fokina out of Spain, another unseeded player. He went. He actually made it to his first quarterfinals by beating Delbonis in four sets. We had Christian Guerin against Medvedev. Medvedev rolled that matchup on Sunday, June 6th. And then obviously Tsitsipas beat a tough Carino Busta in three sets as well. So on the other side of the draw, very routine sets for the top players. Not a lot of upsets. Um, and Tsitsipas and Zverev both have been looking mighty good. Um, but now, when we fast forward to Tuesday, big matches. We had the rivalry back, Tsitsipas and Medvedev. They're the biggest rivals. Um, they're each other's biggest rivals. So watching this match in the night, um, you know, Tsitsipas started off really strong, winning the first set 6-3. He was hitting so freely the ball. And it just looked like Medvedev was flustered. 
But then when we got into the second set, we saw Medvedev come back a little. He got a break. He was really playing to Tsitsipas's backhand and making Tsitsipas make a lot of errors. But that went to tiebreak, and um, it really ended up being Stefanos who came tough in the tiebreak. And 7-5 in the third set. Again, Tsitsipas won that um, as well. So this match was obviously, it was a tight match. Um, you know, I thought Tsitsipas just had a level higher and he was winning more of the important points. Um, it just didn't seem like Medvedev played that all well. It didn't seem like Medvedev played bad, but he also didn't play well. He played all right. Tsitsipas's level has just been insane this tournament. He's been really crushing everyone in sight. So Tsitsipas moves on to the semis. Then we had Zverev versus Fokina, the surprise. Zverev just has rolled everyone in this tournament so far. It has been very easy for him, which is surprising because really the knock on the next-gen players is they're not really good on any other surface but the hard courts. So, like, their modern style of play only suits the hard courts and not every surface. So the knock on them is they haven't been able to go into the later rounds in the French, Wimbledon, or even, like, Australia. So it's really cool to see C.T. Pass and Zverev in the semifinals now. Um they're finally kind of breaking that shell in the other tournaments, per se. So really cool for them. Now, when we move on to the quarterfinals, we had Djokovic versus Berrettini. Berrettini got a walkover, so he was definitely the more fresher player from Djokovic, um, losing the other, almost losing the other round, going to five sets. Djokovic had two routine sets, and then the last two sets were very tough. Berrettini was really pressuring Djokovic. Berrettini has been a really good surprise on the tour the last couple of years. And, you know, he just, the one thing Berrettini couldn't do was break Djokovic. He had three chances. Um, Djokovic had nine. But again, very tough match for Berrettini. The difference really was on the second serve. Berrettini was under 50% win percentage on his second serve, while Djokovic was winning 67% of his second serve. So definitely, um, you know, really tough match for Djokovic, but you could see the passion at the end of the match. He was going insane. Um, and then, so our next cute quarterfinal, which was um, yesterday, was Nadal and Schwartzman. I was actually very surprised. I thought Nadal was going to win this in three sets, but the first two sets of tennis was very high. First three sets, I would say, very high level of tennis. Um, Nadal had a routine first set, but then Schwartzman rolled back the clock, ended up coming back and winning the second set. Actually, Diego broke Nadal three times in this match. So, you know, and Nadal broke uh, Schwartzman seven times. So it was a pretty tight match, first two sets. And then after that, like I said, Nadal just finds the fifth gear in these French Open matches. He knows how to come back and win. And that's what happened. And he beat Schwartzman. Um, shout out to my boy Witzke again. Sorry, Schwartzman lost, but it's Nadal. Um, so anyways, so that set up. Our semifinal matches, guys, for Friday, June 11th. So it's Zverev and Tsitsipas, and it's um, Djokovic and Nadal in the semifinal. What are my predictions? Um, let's see. Um, I don't know. It's going to be very tough, but, you know, really, the predictions are simple. You know, if Rafael Nadal is Rafael Nadal, He'll win this match. Simple as that. If he plays the way he's played on clay against Novak in the French Open, he will win this match. I mean, 
this will be the 58th matchup between this duo, right? So Nadal, Djokovic leads the head-to-head 29-28, but Nadal in the slams is 10-6 and six in the slam meeting. So the grand slams, he's 10-6. and six. But he's 7-1 and one against Djokovic at the French Open. So it's going to be really interesting to see um, what happens in this match. You know, my prediction is pretty simple. I think that Nadal has just looked amazing. I think he's just, the way, it's just something about the French Open that brings out the best in Rafa. The 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 impossible comes out. And I just don't see Djokovic really doing much in this match. I mean, if we go back, throw back last year during COVID, when they played the 2020 French Open final, Nadal won in straight sets pretty routinely. And also, Djokovic, has, his last two matches have been super tough. They haven't been easy. So I don't know if Djokovic has what it takes to beat Nadal in a semifinal, um, the critics will say this. It's not a final, right? A lot of people will say um, that this is going to be closer than it is. Um, so we'll see what happens. I mean, it's it's going to be very, very interesting to see if Djokovic can scrap back against um, Nadal. I know he's going for the... Um, comeback and a lot of this match really lies on the legacy right there are going to be legacies on the line in this match if Nadal wins this match he's going to win the French Open and pass Federer but if Novak wins this match he's going to get to 19 grand slams this is realistically the final I mean this is the final we all want but again Nadal is 13-0 13-0 and 0 in the semifinals. Um, you know, it seems like Djokovic is confident to win this match. We know Nadal's attitude and what his mindset will be in this match. Um, but again, Djokovic is the type of player when it seems like he doesn't have self-belief, he tends to find it. Okay? And their quality of tennis has been really good on clay, right? When he played in Rome against Nadal, went to three sets. The question really is, can Djokovic maintain that positivity? Um, after Nadal is just killing him with the top spin on clay. Because when he starts hitting that top spin with his forehand and backhand on clay, it frustrates every opponent. Nadal is really going to really pinpoint Djokovic from corner to corner. Um, and it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a tough match. And, you know, um, it's, I don't know who's, I don't know how Djokovic is going to get back into this, but all I know is the crowd is going to be against him. Nadal's got the edge when it comes to the French Open. And, you know, I just feel if Djokovic falls behind early, I think there's no way he's going to win this match. Um, But, again, I still think the winner will be Nadal. I see Nadal winning this in four sets. Um, Four tight sets. Let me preface that. It's going to be four really tight sets. And, yeah, that's my prediction. The thing is, Novak has to win that first set. If Novak doesn't win the first set, it's over. Nadal will win. Nadal is one of the greatest front runners in tennis. Also, you know, even if he's down a set, like, I just don't know how Nadal will lose. But anyways, that's my prediction. I see Nadal going through in the final. Now, Zverev and Tsitsipas. This is a very interesting matchup. We have the next-gen matchup. Who was going to pull through and 
make their first Grand Slam final. Or actually, this would be Zverev's second Grand Slam final, Tsitsipas's first. Um, our prediction is simple. I think Tsitsipas's level has been better than Zverev, even though both of them have played kind of similarly. I just think Tsitsipas is in a in a point in his career right now. He's super focused, like ultra focused. I just see him beating Zverev because Zverev is a mentally weak player when it comes to um, the later stages. You know, he crumbled in the U.S. Open final against Dominic Thiem. He was up two sets love, had match points, lost the match. That really hurts a player's ego. And I just see Tsitsipas, I just think he's going to be a better mover. He's more agile on the court. He can hurt Zverev from any angle. Zverev obviously is the big serve and forehand, but I see Tsitsipas coming through and playing Nadal in the final. So those are my men's predictions. Um, don't really have much to say on the men's side. I personally, if you really want who I want in the final, I hope it's Djokovic versus uh, Tsitsipas because I want to see Tsitsipas break through and get to his first final. And I also don't want Nadal to win this year, obviously, for my selfish reasons because I'm a Roger fan. <laughs> so anyways, that's kind of the in- inevitable with tennis, right? You know, when you're older – you know, you start losing, father time catches up to you. But anyways, let's go to the women's side. Let's see what happened in the women's side. Obviously, no surprise. <laughs> the semifinals are being played right now. We have two unseeded players in the semis. This has kind of been the trend with um, the women's game. There, you never know who's going to break through. And again, we have a new, new, new amount of players I've never heard of. Um so in one semifinal, we have Sakari versus, I think her name is Krejcikova. So that should be a good match. I don't really know what know much about these players again because they're new. I've never seen them. So there's not much to really analytically talk about here. And then um, we have um, Z- Zidanesk and, man, I cannot say her name, Pavlichenkova. Pavlichenkova. Um, so they're playing a semifinal right now. It's actually 5-all in the first set, 6-5 now from watching it. So that should be an interesting match. I don't really have much to comment on that, but what I do have to comment is on the quarterfinals. So obviously one of the biggest stories this tournament is Coco Goff. She has really accelerated her play. She came to the quarterfinals, 24 seed. She ended up, uh, ended up getting upset by Krechkova, 7-6, um, Really happy to see Coco Goff's uh, improvement and her getting into these big matches. Really good stuff. Um, to see her back in the swing of things. We also saw um, Sakari taking out Iga Swiatek, who won the French Open last year, 6-4-6-4, really upsetting the way that mentioned. I, I thought Swiatek was going to win this tournament, to be honest, but she her level was just really bad. She didn't end up playing that good. She just looked like she didn't want to be there, and Sakari took advantage of that. Um, so hats off to her. But yeah, again, in the women's game, a lot of upsets, a lot of um, interesting things happening there. Um, I don't really know who's going to win this tournament. Again, I don't really follow the women's game uh, as much as the men's because the women's game, it's like there's always like a new person every year. And it's so hard to follow who's winning and who's not because it's like four different champions every year. So it's it really gets annoying. But anyways, guys, um, let's end this on Fetter. Let's talk about Roger Fetter and my thoughts on the decision to withdraw. Okay. Obviously, as a sports fan, you know, we like to see high level of sport, right? We want to see the best versus the best. And this was an interesting one. I'm very broken on the topic because a lot of people are saying, 
He's the greatest champion of all time. As a champion, you are supposed to take those struggles. You have to go through with things. You shouldn't give up. But, and, you know, I know Patrick McEnroe and John McEnroe gave, gave Federer a lot of crap for his decision to retire from the tournament before the Berrettini match. My thoughts on this are this. He deserves to do this. Federer has been one of the most consistent players for the last 20 years since he joined the tour in 99. Who is anyone to say he can't take a freaking rest? The dude came from two knee surgeries on both legs, right? He had a knee surgery on the left and the right. He made a comeback this year. He didn't have to come back. Federer is nearing 40 years old in two months. He still wants to play tennis. He's still playing a high level of tennis. And there's proof of that because he beat some pretty good players in the tournament. And he literally just said, and he even said before the tournament started, I'm not winning the French Open. He said that he knew he wasn't going to win because his level wasn't there yet to where it needs to be. He was still rusty. He was still figuring things out. And he played three great matches. Federer had a big one against Istomin, who's someone who's tough because this is the same guy who beat Djokovic a few years back. Obviously, you know, Istomin didn't give a great level to Federer, but Federer still destroyed him. And then let's not talk about that second round match against Chilich. People forget Marin Chilich is a guy who won the 2014 U.S. Open. He's a guy who went to the 2018 final, played Federer in five sets. This was just three years ago. And it was a high-level match. He beat a very high-level player. In the second round, Marin Cioch is not easy to play in the second round. And then his third match against Kopfer, who has a big serve, big forehand, and won four sets. Obviously, it shouldn't have gone four sets. But the conditions for Roger, was it was cold. There was no fans. It was a really bad night. And the conditions just didn't, don't play to Federer. And I thought he was actually going to lose the match. But he ended up willing himself coming it back and winning the match. You have to realize that match went on to 1 a.m. in the morning, and he's 40 years old, the guy. So when hearing his press conference saying, I have to decide whether or not it's the right thing to do, because his body probably didn't feel right. He's 39 years old, guys. And you got to realize he's not 100% yet. All Federer cares about is Wimbledon. Wimbledon is always going to be his best chance to make it win a championship. It really is, because... He's the best on Wimbledon. Him and Djokovic are 1A, 1B on Wimbledon, right? Like, it's either going to be Djokovic versus Federer in the final or some random newcomer. But the grass is such a weird surface to play on. That's why there's a lot of upsets on the grass court because not a lot of people know how to play on grass. That's why you never see the next-gen players excel on the grass court. You just see Djokovic, Nadal, and Federer in the semifinals. And there's always – so it's always those three and a big-time server – who will always make it to the to the later stages because grass plays to big servers and big forehands. So, again, my thoughts are this, right? He deserves this. He deserves to take a break. He deserves to retire. Obviously, it's not a good look because as a competitor, you know, you should always never give up. But, look, it's the game of tennis. And I think I kind of like how he was honest in the beginning saying, like, look, I'm not going to win. I'm nowhere near any level joke which Nadal are. And it's true, he isn't. Who knows, even in Wimbledon, is he even going to make it past the... We don't know. We don't know, guys. So, you know, my thoughts are 50-50 because I did want to see Federer play Berrettini. 
because I felt like Berrettini would have been a good way for him to really see where he's at. Um, I think he would have lost the match, honestly, because Berrettini obviously has been consistent. But I don't know. I just think I think that people need to chill with this, man. You were talking about the greatest player of all time. Like, he can do whatever the heck he wants. You know, so he can pick and choose where he wants to play. He's 40 years old, coming off of two new surges, and he's still number eight in the world. So give the guy props. Give him his props. This is the same guy who literally made a Wimbledon final a year and a half ago and had two championship points against Djokovic. I think he deserves to do whatever the fuck he wants. So, anyways, those are my thoughts about Federer. Um, you know, guys, just we need to chill with the status quo that – you know, that everyone wants to do what they want to do. You know, it's very selfish. you got to um, really, really um, chill with that. Anyways, guys, thank you guys for joining the podcast. I hope you enjoyed. Um, I'll be back for the final predictions when we get our finals, and I'll do some live reactions on Instagram about the Novak Djokovic um, final, obviously. Um, but, yeah, I am really excited about this finals. I'm really going to be ex- watching the match on Friday. Just tune in. Um, Obviously, I don't know where you can watch the match. You have to have Tennis Channel or you're going to have to somehow stream it somewhere. It's really annoying that they're not playing tennis on NBC Sports. It's stupid. But, anyways, guys, this is why the French Open is the most frustrating um, uh, tournament to watch on TV because it's never there. So anyways, guys, have a good night, good day, Um, have a beautiful weekend, and I'll see you guys soon. Bye-bye.